Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're doing Masechtas Peya. Perek Dalid, Mishnah Ches, and Mishnah Tes. As we mentioned yesterday, that if one is Makdish, their Peya, they consecrate their Peya, they give it over to the Beis HaMikdash, to the uh, institution of the Beis HaMikdash, so they do not need to take Peya. However, if they're Pote, if they redeem it, then they do need to take Peya. But if they are Pote, after the Shas Chiv kicks in, after the obligation kicks in, meaning they are mafkirat, they excuse me, makdish it. They say this belongs to the base on Migdash when it's still a field unharvested, and then they're poted only way after the harvest, and they put it together into piles. So at that point, they've effectively paya laundered. They've gotten out of doing paya. Similarly, one who takes fruits and they say these are consecrated, designated, sanctified for the base on Migdash. Before the obligation for maestros kicks in, upodon. However, then they are poda, they redeem it at, um, immediately afterwards. Also, before the obligation for maestro kicks in, chayavim. Then they're certainly chayavim maestro. Mishabol onus hamaestros upodon chayavim. Similar to the case of peya, if there are fruits that are chayiv in maestros, one must take trumas and maestros tithes from, and they are, give them to the base of migdash. And then they're poted them, they as well have to take Trumas and Maestros because the Chayev kicked in, the obligation already existed. However, just like by Peya, Hikdish, Nachla, Nigmar, Ugar, Hagizbar. If they are Makdish, these fruits, before they completed the work, before they put them into a pile, which marks the completion of the harvest, the Gomrun Hagizbar and the Gizbar, the, the person in charge of, of the maintaining the institution of the Beis HaMikdash in charge of all of the donations, he's the one who's Gomer, he puts into pile, he finishes the harvest, then the farmer says, no, forget it, I want to be potent, I want to redeem it, Paturin, he's Pater, why? Because the moment when one would normally be Chayiv, in the moment when one would normally have the obligation to give Trumus and Maestros, this fruit was not Chayiv in Trumus and Maestros because you only give Trumus and Maestros from fruits that is yours, not fruits that belong to the Beis HaMikdash. It's interesting, I keep on saying it's a joke, you can pay a launder, you can Maestro launder, but there was a question that was asked, it was a time of great famine. And they wanted to know if they can actually do this. They can makdish the peya, makdish the trumus and maestros, and in order to avoid having to give trumus and maestros, not because they wanted to uh, not give the kohanim and levium or the poor people their proper money, but rather but pro- proper produce, but because they just couldn't afford to. They couldn't afford it. There was such a, there was a famine everywhere. They need to keep as much as they could. Every single grain and every all the harvest so they wanted to know if they can do this that was a question that was asked and the it was a complicated answer it's not so straightforward whether one could or one can't but that was a fascinating question mishnah test mishnah lakas a pay of omar izel ish ploniani rabbi eliezer omer zocholov ham omar mitna anish nimsa rishon so this is a very interesting case a person harvests a field and he says I'm harvesting, I'm taking the paya of this field, and I want to give it to my friend, the Ani, a certain Ani. Eliezer says he can do so, and the Chachamim say he can't. What's the basis here? What's going on here? So there's a concept that one is not allowed to acquire something on behalf of someone else if the other person did not give consent in the event that by him acquiring it on behalf of someone else, so a third party is going to lose out. Meaning, I can't Say, oh, this pay, I want to take it from my friend James, the Ani. If by doing so, 
Chayim, the Ani, is now going to lose out on this payah. You can't acquire something for someone without their consent if it's going to cause others to lose out. So what happens here is as follows. A person says, I'm effectively going to acquire this payah, this corner of the field, for my friend the Ani. Now that should normally not work because, because how can you acquire someone for some, for something for someone which is going to cause everyone else to lose out? But Rabbi Leezer says, no, it, it does work. Why? Because this person can say as follows. Had I wanted to, I could have acquired it for myself. What do you mean? You're a wealthy person. You can't acquire it for yourself. It goes very simply. You could say, I'm maf your own my nechassim. I give up everything I own. Now I'm a poor person. Now I can take payah. And since I can take it for myself, therefore I can acquire it for others. Whereas the Chachamim say, no, we don't say that. That's already way too far of a stretch. We don't say, in the event I wanted to, I can give up all my, all my, all my nechassim, everything I own. Now that I've done that, I can say, and since I can take it for myself, I can give it to someone else. That's too far of a stretch. We'll say that maybe one time. Sometimes we say, if I want to acquire, if I could acquire it for myself, I'm going to give it to someone else. But here to say, first, if I wanted to give up everything, and only then I want to acquire it for myself, there certainly I can give it to someone else. That's too far of a stretch. Therefore, the Chacham say we don't do so. Sir Rabbi Eliezer says, a wealthy person, seemingly the owner of the field, can say, I, because I'm allowed to acquire it for myself in the event I give all my money away, so I can acquire it for you, the Chacham say one cannot do so, because that's already too far of a stretch. And therefore, he has to give to the first onion who shows up. Haleket v'ashicha v'apeya shall ovid kechavim chayavim b'maisros. Leket, shicha, and peya, these three things which we're going to discuss already in the next Mishnah, of a non-Jew, a non-Jewish field, which a Jewish, a Jew harvests, so he has to give maisros on all of these, on all of these produce. And why is that? Why must he give maisros on all these produce? Because although normally, although normally we say that Leket, Shech, and Peah are potter for maestros, and we learn now the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, levi ki ein lo imach, that Trumas and maestros go to the Levi, go to the Levi who has no portion of the land. That comes to tell us that if he has a portion of this land, then you do not, you do not give Trumas and maestros from. So normal, a normal harvest, he has no portion of the land. A Levi does not get uh, land in Eretz Yisrael. However, Trumas and maestros, excuse me, Peah, that goes to any poor person. Since a levy is, has the potential to be poor, the levy can now go collect paya. So if paya can go, go both to the levy and everyone else, it's not exclusive to the Hamon Am, to the Yisrael. Therefore, because it's not exclusive to the Yisrael, and only things that are exclusive to the Yisrael, one gives Trumas and Maestros from, so a Leket, Shech, and Peah are exempt from Trumas and Maestros. However, when it comes to a land that's owned by a non-Jew, there's no technical obligation to give uh, a uh, Leket, Shech, and Peah from. There's no technical obligation. He can elect to give so, the, the Jew harvest can elect to do so, but it's more of like a stam matan, it's a stam present. And since, it's, since there's no obligation to give it, therefore the levy has no chelik nachala, he has no, he has no, he has no, he has no part in it, and therefore one has to give true maestras. Elim can hifkir. And the only way a non-Jew can get out, or, or the Jew who's harvesting the non-Jewish land, can get out of giving true maestras is if he mafkered, he makes it all go free. And that concludes Mishnah Test. I want to do a quick, a quick idea that I had, a quick idea that I noticed in this mission that's brought up in some of the, some of the Yerushalayim. So if you don't want to hear it, you can pause here. But this is a fascinating idea, and that's as follows. There's actually a machlokis in the way beginning of the Mishnah about Mishalakat has a pay, one who collects pay and says, I want to give it to a specific ani, a specific poor person. Who is this person harvesting? Rashi says, it's any ani. Any, excuse me, any usher, any wealthy person. But it's not the owner of the field. 
Whereas the rush says, no, it even means the owner of the field. What's going on here? What's the, so the crux of the Machlokas here? So says Rashi, says Rashi, the owner of a field, even if he becomes poor, cannot take Trumas and Mike, cannot take Peya from a field he planted and harvested. And the rush says, no, an owner of a field in the event he becomes poor is allowed to take Peya from the field that he he planted and harvested. And what's the Yisod of the Malchokas? And it's as follows. According to the Rush, the Rush looks at Peya and Leket and Shechah, the subjects of this Mesechta, as tzedakah. As tzedakah. It's a form of tzedakah, a form of matzanim, it's a form of presents or gifts that we give to a poor person. And therefore, the source of the obligation to give it is if you are wealthy, if you have, you're a man of means, if you have the money, so then you have an obligation to give tzedakah. In the event of this Mishnah, if you are a wealthy person, but then you lost all your money or you're mafkir all your money, so you no longer have an obligation to give tzedakah and therefore you can, you can effectively keep your own payah. Whereas according to Rashi, that's not true. According to Rashi, the obligation to give payah is not because it's like tzedakah. If you're wealthy, then you must give tzedakah, but rather it's a special unique din in Hilchah Zrayim, in the, in, the, in the laws of the land. That if you own a field, the laws of the land dictate, when I say the land, not as in the country, but of the ownership of land, dictate that you now have an obligation to give payah to someone else. So even if you're very poor, you lose all your money, or moth, all your money, the laws of ownership of land tell you you have to give payah to someone else. So it seems to emerge from this Mishnah, from this machlokas, it's a almost benign machlokas of who is taking the money. For someone else, is it the owner of the land or just another wealthy person? Is really much deeper, and Yisodas Dick, and that is, what is the nature of peya? Is it a din of just tzedakah, or no? It's a din in Hilchos Zrayim. Is it a din in tzedakah, and therefore, as long as you're wealthy, you have an obligation to give, like the rush, or no? It's a din in Hilchos Zrayim. Whether you have money or you lose your money, the laws of the land dictate you pay this tax, and that comes out of this Mishnah. Everyone should have a wonderful day.